You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. The transformative power of artificial intelligence isn't just limited to the world of AI chatbots we've been hearing so much about. For years now, researchers have been focusing on the potential benefits AI could have on healthcare and medicine. Let me give you an example. Listen to this recording of two different coughs and see if you can find any difference. <coughs> They sound pretty similar, right? But with the help of AI vocal recognition software, doctors were able to determine that one of those people was in fact suffering from COVID. That research came from a 2020 study out of MIT, and it's just one of many applications that the medical world is finding for AI. You'll probably recognize our next guest as a frequent conversational partner on all things COVID throughout the pandemic. But Dr. Eric Topol, director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla, has also written extensively about the growing relationship between artificial intelligence and the ever-changing world of healthcare. He joins us now. Dr. Topol, welcome back to the show. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Thanks, Jade. Great to be with you. Glad to have you. Um, What do you see as some of the major problems in healthcare that AI could help solve? You know, this is amazing, Jade, because it's a solution for potentially for all the problems we have. Uh, accuracy, of course, is one big issue because we have millions of people with errors and the wrong diagnoses, things that are missed. But even more important, the problem we have immediately of data clerk, that is, you know, uh, physicians and nurses and clinicians in general being burdened with keyboards and distracted from uh, actually talking to patients and listening to patients. There's some really exciting uh, progress that's being made quickly in this new era of what's called large language models or generative AI foundation models. Jade, it has too many names, so (laughs) it led to some confusion. But in, in just a matter of weeks, we went from chat GPT November 30th to GPT-4 on March 14th. And this March is on to get us uh, powerful, pluripotent AI like we've never seen before. Right. You mentioned uh, chat GPT. Specifically, how does this fit into the conversation, you think? Instead of the old way you would do searches and you get a whole bunch of hits on Google, um, the new way, of course, is the so-called prompts. And um, of course, if you're a patient, you'll be able to get uh, a anything you really want in terms of uh, a synthesis of all that's known. The problem we have today for medicine is that GPT-4 and the other uh, large language models are not specifically medically pre-trained. 
they've just basically ingested the internet to 2021 so it's not even uh, fully up to date uh or even perhaps as recent as 2022 or parts of last year wikipedia books all sorts of other inputs but not medically trained so what you're going to see in the in the months ahead uh, is going to be much more of this pre-training. So, for example, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, in collaboration with Carnegie Mellon and computer scientists, they trained millions of uh, notes in the office, uh, discharge summaries, operative notes, and they've now deployed that to 2,000 physicians at the University of Kansas so they can be potentially liberated from keyboards. And that means just the voice of the visit or encounter with a patient is made into a synthetic note far better than what we have today with so little effort. It's basically passive. And all the other things like making future appointments, what tests that need to be done, if any, uh, what prescriptions, Billing codes, all this stuff is done on an automated basis. So this gift of time to give back to both patients and doctors to help towards restoring that relationship, that precious relationship. I wrote about that a lot in, in the book, Deep Medicine, but finally we're starting to see the beginning of that take hold. The title of your book is Deep Medicine. So can you explain that concept and, and what this path to deeper and more accurate medicine looks like? The reason I had selected deep is because it has multiple alignments with where medicine is headed. First of all, for any given person, there's a lot more depth of data. Uh, it isn't just what's in their medical records. It's what would be included, for example, in their genome, their gut microbiome, their sensors. Uh, and of course, those sensors are going beyond just the wrist for things like heart rhythm to glucose and all sorts of other data captured environment and anatomy, as I just mentioned. So lots of data, data depth. But the other thing is deep with respect to the relationship. Right now, it's fast and shallow, as we reviewed the time-limited uh, sense that patients have, which often is disappointing and you feel roughed up if you're the patient. And I've been there where, you know, you've waited weeks to get this appointment and then you get basically you're in and out in a matter of minutes and you feel like you never got to share your concerns or get the answers that you need. We can get back the human-to-human -human contact with the help of machines. And what's really fascinating, I think you'll enjoy this one, is in the new GPT-4, it's actually analyzing the communication doctors have with patients and telling them how they can be better communicators, more sensitive, more empathetic. And so the machines are starting to coach doctors to be better, which is something that I don't think we had expected. Your recent Substack article began with a quote from a doctor who was stunned to find that AI performs better clinically uh, than most doctors he's observed. What exactly right. is meant by that? Yeah, well, this was about the accuracy, uh, especially. Um, that is, um, when you have all the data reviewed with the software of GPT-4, which the he and others uh, in this new book had six months to play with GPT-4 before the rest of us got access to it. And he was amazed that when you compared how many doctors he's worked with, uh, he's a, a Zach Cohane is a physician at, at Harvard, uh, how well the GPT-4 did it process a patient's data, come up with different potential diagnoses or their correct diagnosis. What he found, what was fascinating, uh, is that it diagnosed these rare diseases 
from all the data and the genome, which uh, he hadn't seen physicians do very well. So we're going to see accuracy soar. The other thing that was really interesting, Jane, is that I mentioned the hallucinations, which is the main bugaboo about this, that sometimes you just get the wrong answer. But as it turns out, if you if you prompt twice because you, you get a different response the, the second time, it's kind of like an audit. So if you're if you're suspicious about the, the response, you just try again and you can cross check the two answers. Uh, and of course, you can confront the AI saying, you know, this is wrong. And then the AI apologizes. Actually, it's pretty, it's <laughs> wow. pretty striking. So it's, it's uh, polite, have, we, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We, it's nice to see that humility in the machine, right? Uh, and sometimes doctors don't have such humility. I think you may have encountered that. So this, it's really interesting. And we, we get remember, we're just at GPT four. It's just going to keep advancing, and um, this is still early stages. So this is going to have a transformative impact in, in medicine. There are uh, liabilities. I've mentioned one, of course, the the wrong answers. Uh, But compared to the net benefit, uh, it looks pretty um, striking in the positive direction. There's issues, of course, with uh, bias and privacy, security of data, all sorts of things that are generally an issue with AI. But overall, it's quite exciting. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. We're talking AI in healthcare here on Midday Edition. Our guest is Dr. Eric Topol, director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla. So Dr. Topol, the American healthcare system has long been dealing with staffing shortages and a lack of resources, especially in underserved communities. Do you see AI as a potential solution to those problems? Well, it certainly can help. I mean, one of the big fears is this technology could worsen inequities if it isn't broadly distributed. But on the other hand, as we've been talking about, if you can do things that make clinicians more productive and efficient, uh, and you also empower all patients, not just patients who, because of their ability to afford technology, but for all people, we can actually reduce inequities and also help support the shortage of clinicians. By giving patients more autonomy to deal with their own data that they have, their own concerns, and at the same time, uh, making things so much more efficient for clinicians, we have a solution in store to deal with both inequities and the severe disenchantment, depression that's very common among clinicians today. Isn't there an argument to be made that more integration of AI into medicine would make it less human? 
Well, uh, you could think that. Uh, I think we have some answers to show that it's not so far, um, that's not been the case. Who would have thought you could have a large language model coaching uh, a physician to be a better communicator and to be more empathic, right? I think, you know, there's certainly, the, the that was basically the counterintuitive part of deep medicine. How could technology make foster humanity in medicine? But interestingly, it looks like there is a potential great solution here. I would add, though, because of the business of medicine, if you make physicians more efficient, that's potentially got, has a has a negative uh, impact because you say, oh well, then you could see more people, more patients, uh, in even less time, right? So we we can't let that happen. So there is the potential for technology because it's freeing up time, gift of time. If we let the overlords and the business of medicine uh, prevail, it could make things worse. So we shouldn't forget that this is going to take active work on the part of the medical community to stand up to the business aspects and drive the the importance, uh, the primacy of the patient-doctor relationship. That in mind, you know, one of the biggest fears of AI is that it, it could be a job killer. Does uh, this mm. fear persist in the medical world in any way? Well, uh, it's really interesting because I don't think it's justified, but many clinicians are afraid, afraid of AI. Um, and I, I think rather than being afraid, they should be welcoming AI. And it, once it's got compelling evidence that it works and it's really helping, because uh, it's not going to eliminate jobs, it's just going to support it. It's, it's augmenting, it's helping. Uh, in some ways, you could say it's a rescue, right? So I think that's really what will eventually be the prevailing opinion, but it has to prove itself. And until then, it's seen in negative light. Remember, electronic health records were was an, a disaster in the view of clinicians. And this is like uh, that in, in the respect of being a digital tool. So it has a negative connotation uh, as a premise. So eventually we'll go from fear to embracement, but we're obviously not there yet. I've been speaking with Dr. Eric Topol, director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla and author of the book Deep Medicine, How Artificial Intelligence Can Make Healthcare Human Again. Dr. Topol, as always, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Really enjoyed it, Jade. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. 